Welcome to Strata. I'm Glenn. And I'm Brandon. Welcome to the Minds on Muscle podcast. Fitness pro mentors, fitness pro nomads, welcome to another delicious, nutritious episode of the Minds on Muscle podcast. I'm really excited. We got Brandon back in the studio. I'm back. We haven't done one of these in nearly three weeks. Brandon has given birth, not himself, but his wife, to a beautiful baby girl. Congratulations, Brandon. Thank you very much. And I would like to say, if my wife listens to this, congratulations to her, because honestly, I made a lot of jokes that, hey, we're both pregnant when we were going through this the first time through. Uh, openly, so much respect to mothers giving birth. It is an incredible process. Much respect to my wife and all of you that are family members and have wives that have had kids and partners and anyone that's had a kid, kudos to you. Incredible and beautiful process. I don't know anything about it, but I trust Brandon uh, to the ends of the earth. So lovely ladies out there, we respect you. And we also respect getting into today's topic. Brandon, what are we doing today? Today we're talking about 10 reasons that you should not open a personal training studio. Yeah, we got 10 reasons we do not want you to open a personal training studio, of which I have, I will say, personal experience because I learned very recently that I'm not meant to be the number one. I'm not meant to own my own studio, and we'll get into why during the podcast, but this topic is near and dear to me because I think a lot of people who want to become fitness professionals don't end up taking into consideration all the things that come into being the head honcho and owning a facility. And it's one thing to be a, uh, an, uh, as we say, a fitness pro nomad, going out, doing your own thing, it is another thing, a totally other thing to run a business, almost a totally different thing in some regards, Brandon. Yeah. So if you're a part of this, we have two different programs that we offer. We have Fitness Pro Mentors, which is our marketing mentorship where you work with someone and it's all about you building your marketing infrastructure and your systems. And then our growth program, it's Fitness Pro Leaders. And openly being a leader, someone at the forefront who is leading the pack and really trying to take people to help other trainers grow their career outside of also helping your clients and open, grow, and scale a studio is a totally different beast. And so I looked at it a long time uh, and I changed my perspective on this that became a trainer, then I'll become a teacher, then I'll open my own place. And it was like this black belt ascension plan that I needed to go through. And openly, it's not like that. I openly opened Strata because there was a need for what we had to offer and I love it now, but it is an insane burden. It's an incredible thing, but it's so much work. And we're gonna talk about 10 things that if you're not ready to do all of these things, plus more, you shouldn't do it. One of the burdens, which brings us to the point number one, is that if you're going to open your own place, gym, studio, boutique place, whatever that is, be prepared to fail a lot. If you are not prepared to fail, don't open up your own facility because, and I can't say this enough, it is a totally different skill set. And as you can ask anybody who's gone through the Fitness Pro Mentors program, just learning the new skills of talking to a camera, marketing, going through your own key performance indicators, all this different stuff, it's a lot. And I would be lying if I said everybody's had the most merry time because if you're gonna grow, quite frankly, it's gonna be painful. You've gotta find yourself in this place between your comfort zone and your extreme pain fear zone, that, that in-between uncomfortable area, and you have to ride that wave for a while before you get really good at a skill. And opening up a business is totally different than just running one-to-one -one training sessions. You are now responsible for figuring out your overhead, managing your people, putting the systems in place to run your business. It's a lot of learning. And if you're not prepared to fail and go through the process that it takes to learn all that stuff, you should not open your own facility. 
I couldn't agree more. You need to, as Brad Thorpe, who I know is watching this, told me that someone else told him, you need to fail forward. And I absolutely love that. I think that's an incredible thing because failure, I mean, it's a point of view, right? If you think that you failed, some people go, oh, I failed, end of the day. But in reality, if you fail at something, you don't achieve a task, that's fine. It gives you an opportunity to move forward and make it rain, which is why we consistently say that, which I absolutely love. Yeah, so not being prepared to fail. If you're not ready to fail, don't do it. Moving on. Number two, if you're not prepared to work hard and potentially 24-7, you shouldn't open a studio. Now, it's funny because this juxtaposes what we said in one other conversation where you need to have these hard deadlines. We need to work these busy days and then have time for your family. And openly, you do need to do that. And I try to do that as much as I can right now. But when you're starting a business, forgetting about a PT studio, you're going into an entrepreneurial effort. If you look at the Jeff Bezoses and Elon Musks, they consistently are putting time in all times of the day because it is what they do. They are committed to the end goal. If you're doing this just because it's about money and X, Y, and Z, and once you get here, you've achieved whatever, uh, that's fine. You need to put all the time in so you can work and identify the problems and build a team, connect with people, become an influencer, so to speak, to your clients, and then also your staff, and then also internationally or locally, whatever you need to do. You have to put the time in. And there is a point you don't have to put as much time in. And that's where we talk about in Fitness Pro Mentors and Fitness Pro Leaders getting the systems dialed in. And I always show at the beginning of every presentation this solar system because you are a planet. And of your planet, you, you're the solar system, you have all these moons that are circling you. And once you have the marketing moon in place and you've got the community manager moon in place and you've got the education moon in place, they're just orbiting around you and you can go visit them at any time. But you have to put the time in to build those systems, to identify what's not working, fail and adjust and move forward, pivot along the way. You have to put the time in. You got to be able and want to work. FYI, while you've got all those things in place, you're also going to be like human beings a thousand years from now, terraforming all those planets consistently to upgrade and improve your processes. Once you have it in place, it doesn't stop there. It's constant revisiting. I can speak personally. Um, maybe I'll speak for Brandon here, but I'll let him, I'll let him, you know, change it up if he wants to, or, or maybe um, tailor my words a little bit afterwards. Brandon and I communicate on Saturdays and Sundays. Now, we try to be respectful of each other's time, mostly because Brandon knows that I like to have my Saturdays and Sundays to do what I want to do and take care of my other responsibilities. Brandon and I understand each other, and Brandon knows that if he messages me on a Saturday or a Sunday, that I might not respond because I'm the kind of person that's not willing to sacrifice everything 24-7. I have other goals in my life. I like to enjoy a certain standard of living. And that means having my Saturdays and Sundays to do what I want to do with my time. Now, do I work on Saturdays and Sundays? Absolutely. I love what I do and I'm happy to do that. And Brandon and I still communicate and I still do some work for Fitness Pro Mentors and Strata on those days. But it's not required of me and we have that expectation set up so that Brandon can grow his, his business and work around the fact that I'm not going to work on Saturdays and Sundays, even though he is more than happy to work probably seven days a week. Well, this leads into one of the other points I'll talk about in a minute, and I'm going to leave it. But openly, uh, I can work 24-7, and there's a valuable reason why, which I'll save that to my next point. But I can, and I have family. And I've got a lot of other commitments of things that I absolutely love. I love my kids. I love my wife. I love the people I hang around with on the weekends and the people that I spend my time with. So what I try to do is I make sure that, that I've got division between those things. But if something needs to get done on the weekend, I need to adjust. Glenn identifies in a sales video that there was a glitch. He lets me know about it. Then that way, if I can adjust it right now and right away to get it over with, I love to. But you got to put the time in. 
Gotta put the time in. Yeah, as a business owner, you're not just responsible for yourself, you're now responsible for every trainer and your facility and expect things to go wrong and expect that you've gotta be the guy to bail those people out when that happens, especially to point number one, when things fail a lot. And now, number three. Number three. If you're just doing this for the money, find a different profession, open up a different kind of business. Personal training in the fitness world, can be lucrative. Everything can be lucrative if you're willing to put enough time and effort into it. However, inherently, if you look at how much gyms make, you'd probably make a lot more money down the road if you were a financial investor or financial advisor or you owned another different kind of business where making money is more lucrative. You can absolutely make a lot of money and buy all the stuff that you need as well as all of those bells and whistles as well as some money for retirement for sure. But if you're expecting to make millions and millions of dollars year over year, probably not gonna happen in the world of fitness. Yeah, honestly, you do need to put time in to make it happen. And if you do, you can be very, very successful and you can make a great living. And we talk about how to do that in this group a lot because I want you to all have financially stable careers. But openly, if you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna become a trainer because I wanna make money. Honestly, there are much faster ways to make more money and yeah. Honestly, do this because it's about helping people and know that when you help people with your expert target niche, you can make an incredible living on the side as well. Brandon, do you love it? Number four, I do love it. And that kind of leads into exactly what we just talked about with Glenn and the money, <laughs> is that you need to love this. This career is a really intense one, right? It's, there's so many certifications, there's so many paths, there's so many gurus, there's so many influencers, there's so many everything. And it's hard to know if we break this down to the brass tacks of the business and the physiology and then the physics, it's really simple, but there are so many confusing elements out there that it's hard to know exactly what's going to be best for your clients. You need to love this because if you love it, then you'll be invested in the process. And it's much more of a mastery endeavor than a, I did this, I got this many clients and I'm done. I love the physics and designing things and solving problems for our clients and helping them feel better and move better. I love helping you build your businesses and seeing you succeed and grow your career to the point where you can take over your community and help more people. Fitness Pro Mentors is a labor of love for me because it helps me help people like Glenn and you help more people, which comes back to my initial worldview. I love that because I believe that exercise can change someone's life. And if you love it, you will do everything you need to do to make it rain. Now, distinction. Brandon also loves creating things. Now, I like creating things, but Brandon loves creating things. And we're not saying that if, if you don't love being a personal trainer that you, you won't succeed or anything like that. It's not what we're saying. What we are saying is that you have to love the process of creating and running a business that's gonna have a lot of moving pieces and require a lot of your time. You can love personal training and still make a lot of money, but you have to love that business aspect of things so much and the creation aspect so much that you're willing to work on Saturdays and Sundays because it makes you feel alive. Now for me, it just doesn't make me feel alive to do that stuff on a Saturday evening or afternoon and that's fine. I'm doing just fine and I love my life and I'm making the money that I want to but if you're going to open up your own facility, make sure that you love doing that kind of work. Yeah. You know, Seth Godin, I was listening to This Is Marketing by Seth Godin, and I love that book. Uh, it's my second time through it, and I will listen to it more and more and more. But he talks about, there's one thing that I'm paraphrasing. He says, one committed creative person can change the world. Mm. And I'm doing a post on this on Instagram later today, which is why I have that quote in my head. And honestly, if you are committed, you love it, 
and you're creative, I really believe that whomever is listening to this, you can really do anything. Uh, the many people who are superstars in this industry, if you look at Jacques Henry Taylor, he creatively created Force in the Nervous System. He's a trumpet player, right? Charlie McMillan is a mechanist. He can come up with the craziest scenarios to climb trees with pulleys, and he's so creative that he can design what he needs to for exercise machines. Tom Purvis, innovator. Greg Mack, creative in different ways. All of us, all these people who are at leading the forefront, so to speak, at the end of this industry are very creative people and they're committed. So I would say that if you're not, and this is what Glenn has done, and I would urge, we urge all of our students to do this. If you're not someone who loves being creative, I would really, really urge you to practice being creative. You don't need to fall in love with it, but I do suggest that you learn to be better and be more creative because the more creative you can be, the better problems you can solve and the faster along the way. So creativity is going to filter really, really well into our next point, which is if you're not willing to pivot and pivot quickly, you should not open up your own facility. Now, you can also take this idea of being able to pivot quickly and be adaptable as just a general great life trait to have or characteristic to embody. The world now, more than ever, thanks to technology, technology largely and our ability to communicate with one another and our ability to create more technology and innovate has made things change at an ever quicker pace. Look at the pandemic, for example. People whose businesses thrived during the pandemic are people that pivoted, like Brandon, who went and took on making Fitness Pro Mentors. And now we've got this great system where we've got a lot of Brandon's brushed the dirt off his shoulder, and I will now make a rain money. Uh, Brandon pivoted and created Fitness Pro Mentors because he had the time to do so. Now, I know it was an idea he was playing with for the future, but he pivoted earlier seeing all the signs, knowing that when people come out of the pandemic, they're going to want to grow their business. And do they have the tools to do that right now? Mm, yeah, there's some people that do, but no one's really done a great job packaging what Fitness Pro Mentors has into a program that's digestible for people that want to improve and grow their businesses. So he created that. As an anecdote for someone that didn't pivot quick enough, I personally, at the beginning of the pandemic, did not adopt online training quick enough. Now, Fitness Pro Mentors designed to be an in-person, one-to-one marketing slash business mastery slash personal mastery program. However, when the pandemic happened, we couldn't see our clients one-to-one. -one. And I, for one, love working on one-on-one -on -one with people. I find the data collection is better. The communication is better. Everything in my world is better. And I would argue for most everybody is better one-to-one -one in person. However, we still have to help our clients and we still have to earn income. And people that pivoted quickly and just said, hey, I'm doing online training now. Let's keep going. And just made it the natural extension of their business, did well picked up more clients and still earned income. People like me who resisted it and weren't quick on the uptake lost six or seven months. It took me till the second lockdown before I started implementing online training. Now that I'm doing that, I, know I have maybe 10 or 12 hours of online stuff that I do per week. It's not a full client load like I was doing before, but it's 10 or 12 hours that I wouldn't otherwise be doing. So if you're not willing to pivot quick enough, especially when things go wrong when you are growing your fitness studio or your business, you're gonna be in hot water. I find pivoting to be a funny one um, because we as humans have this innate, our brain and our decision-making systems, we're allowed to think about things and think, okay, I don't want to change my path. I do want to change my path. But if we think about the actual anatomy of the body, many of the processes that we go through on a day-to-day -day basis from when we stub, we stub our toe and we compensate and move differently, our body is constantly pivoting anatomically all day. 
And it's just funny that this thing that's between our ears gets in our way. So I think it's absolutely brilliant and openly, I mean, COVID punched us in the face. Like, how do you get prepared to go? Oh my gosh, I've never done online training. And then after 10 years or more of training, I have to do this online thing. It's absolutely crazy. But I'll tell you what, if you don't have a niche market, it doesn't matter. And so the next thing we're going to be talking about is having a niche market. So I have been, and I just talked to three people yesterday about this on business calls. The number of people that are trainers, really good at what they do, and they're trying to help everyone. It's just too many. And what ends up happening is you become a commodity. You become a somebody for everyone. And once you're for everyone, you are for no one. You do need a very specific niche. And my friend Dan Garner, who's the founder of HockeyTraining.com, super profitable, like the number one hockey online training website, um, he'll tell you that the more specific niche of a market you can have, the better. Because you speak to a very specific person. Our online education program with Fitness Pro Mentors is the anti-online training, online training program. And how much more specific can you be with that? Because all these online training programs are trying to push people to do more online training. So the irony of that is ridiculous, but it's a very specific niche. At Strata, we market to 65 plusers with joint problems. But because we have such an amazing expert niche and it's so clear that we can help the most sensitive people in the in our town, other people who don't have as extreme problems reach out and go, hey, I don't have these problems, but could you help me? And it creates an incredible opportunity. So you need to have a niche market. Honestly, I will candidly say that regardless of all these other points, if you don't have a niche specific market, you'll never be able to hire, have premium rates. And if you can't have premium rates, you won't be able to stand out amongst the pack and be an expert to a specific field. And you making six figures in your world, depending on your market, is gonna be less and less likely. If you do anything after this podcast, and after listening to this uh, and, in, and you don't have an ideal target audience or niche market, do that now. And I'm not kidding because we speak to, and it's amazing because we speak to people who've been in the field for one year, two years. We got guys in our program right now who've been in the field for over 20 years and haven't hammered out a specific niche market. Your niche market is going to dictate how you communicate online with people. It's going to dictate the kind of posts and social media stuff you put out there. It's going to dictate the places that you go to find the people that you want to work with. You have to have that in place. There's really no getting around that. And just as at another point, because this is something that comes up and is confusing for some of the people that I work with in calls, they say, well, Glenn, what if I get a referral for a 15-year-old kid and my market is 65 plus? Go ahead, work with the 15-year-old kid. We're not saying that you turn away business, that you only work with somebody. We are saying that you market to a very specific person, you get those people through the door, and once you do a great job with them, they'll refer you all kinds of people, which you will gladly take on because you just want to help work with more people and help them improve their quality of life and get to their goals. On that note, I want to say one thing that in the mentorship, there was something that I talked about that I'm going to be changing the next time around because... You know, when you're talking about target audiences and having a specific message, a specific niche, I mean, there are two things. There's psychographics and demographics. And the psychographics are all kind of like the emotional preferences, the values and preferences of the individual. It can be academic level. It can be all those things. And then demographics are the mechanical things, male, female, uh, age, um, you know, mechanical, hard, quantitative pieces. And then the psychographics are qualitative. If I put some time talking about both of them, but in reality, what we need to be talking a little bit more about is the psychographic 
problem that you're solving, the story that you're solving. And I think that having an age demographic from a visual marketing perspective helps. But if your messaging is about solving someone's emotional pain problem, so to speak, more, it's not so much about helping 30-year-olds lose weight, but it's about people who are struggling with weight and they want to have a higher quality life and they're afraid that if they don't lose that weight, they're not going to look good and they're going to have lose out on social opportunities. Like you're solving the problem of, hey, you're going to be able to socialize more if you do X, Y, and Z. Maybe not that specific example. Or if we get this pain and strength under wraps, you'll be able to pick up your grandkids more or you'll be able to be more active. And that way, you're talking more about a much larger problem. But in reality, regardless, your messaging to that pain problem, to that demographic, that psychographic, whatever it is, you do need to know that. You need to. And so this kind of brings us to our next point, which is being concerned about competition. Now, fitness gyms, and facilities are opening up left, right, and center. It's a, hugely it's a hugely exploding field and business. In our town alone, I can probably think about five or six, maybe seven different facilities that are all within two kilometers of us. And that might seem like a lot. You might think to yourself, well, uh, Glenn, I'm really worried about competition and, 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 and I don't want to open up my own gym. And fine, if you're really worried about competition and you can't get past that, don't, don't open up your own gym. But here's the beautiful thing is when you carve out your niche, when you get that hammered out and you work on that and you promote it as that and you bring on people into your facility that work towards your niche as well, you carve yourself out as the premier destination for these people. And word gets around. Part of the Fitness Pro Mentors program is actually helping you build your authority in your region for being the go-to people for solving whatever problems that you do for your niche. So when you have that niche carved out and you have all your marketing done around that and those are the people that come into your facility, the fear of competition will melt away because people are now knocking on your doors to find you for what it is that they want. Honestly, I couldn't agree more. I spent a lot of time at the beginning of opening Strata, super concerned with what everybody else is doing. And honestly, at this point, I literally don't care. Like it's, it's me, I'm, there's a couple of people I'm watching to make sure like, hey, are they copying things that we're doing? And that's fine if they are. But at the end of the day, our fixtures, our messaging, our market, the community we've built, it is so rock solid that even if we stop marketing tomorrow, we'll be fine and good and stable. But we want to help more people. We want more trainers to get busy. We want to help your region at a greater scale. If you have a specific niche, you put the work in, you're constantly being creative and you're innovating along the way. You're not copying, but you're innovating as Curtis Clay will talk about. You will grow and you will stand out and you'll be amazing. And I think I've said this before in previous podcasts, but you don't need to be the best, but you need to be the last one standing. And that comes from working hard, being committed, being in love with it, and being creative, which I absolutely love. The gyms that closed around the facilities that I worked at at the beginning of the pandemic, the ones that didn't last a couple months, oddly enough, were the ones that focused solely on group fitness classes and really marketed themselves for everyone. Hey, it doesn't matter who you are, age, whatever, come get a great workout with us. And those people went and got a great workout there. But, and, and listen, I'll be honest here, maybe they didn't manage their money as well either, and that could for sure be a thing. But these gyms, because they were for everyone, my hypothesis is, is that they could not withstand and continue to de deliver online training because they were for everyone. And once this pandemic hit, they really didn't have their marketing in place to reach the people that were in their target demographic. They didn't have the reputation built up that they were the go-to facility for this. Conversely, other facilities, ones that were for people who loved to cycle, 
right? They do this group fitness class thing, but their, their niche is we do cycling for 45 minutes, like Soul Cycle or Cycle Bar. Those facilities, they're still hanging around because their clients can't wait to get back to seeing them because they've hammered out their niche so well. Yeah. I mean, sorry, not other niche so well. Um, they don't have concern for competition because they've hammered out their niche and they built up their reputation. I'm sorry, I just wanted to clarify that there, Brandon. Yeah, I find that funny. You know, like it, the group model, there's ways that you can make it work. But when people say things like you just said, like, come in for a great workout, right? When you say something like that, like it sounds like this commodity fun thing, like come in for a great time. It's going to be a blast. Work on those glutes today. We're going to work on core. But in reality, when you're working on your messaging and all the above, I mean, you need to solve somebody's problem. And SoulCycle does an incredible job of doing that with the community that they built. They have a community of people who are all working towards triathlons, being healthier, weight loss, whatever it is, but they've got a community. And this is where, as much as I don't like to say it, some CrossFit gyms that are really, really successful, they do great because they have a community of people and they've got this competition and all these people are in this problem state of, I want to be competitive and I want to get to the next level and I want to do this and I want to do that. But when you just like a, you open a gym and you're like, come into our space, behold my stuff come in it just it it'll work to some extent but it becomes an option it becomes a pastime it becomes a commodity if you offer something that is essential to their health and well-being and their pain points you're never going anywhere now brandon i'm a, a trainer i've been in the industry for five years now this pandemic thing happened or whatever happened and i've got no clients but i really want to open my own facility should i do that right now you need to be busy first before you open a spot. I, you know, I, there's some people that if you open your own spot, if you're listening to this now and you open a spot and you aren't busy, that's fine. You can figure that out. But openly, if you have a choice, if you're not slammed busy, try to avoid going in an opening spot. And I'll tell you a very quick story. Um, and I got a photo of it, which I'm really excited about, but Persgenie Fitness, I've talked about it before. That was the gym that I started my career at when I was 18 years old, became head trainer at 21, quote unquote, trainer of the trainers, which is a trademark that they stole, but they didn't realize, but they, it's too late now. And it was in 22, when I was 22, 23, they gave me that. I started teaching RTS there when I was 24. It was all kinds of crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. But from there, from Persicini's, I moved on because they closed. There was competition that popped up and they couldn't keep up. They weren't able to hold their water, so to speak. And I, we, we had to all move on. And I remember I was at LA Fitness working. I was preparing for my bodybuilding show. And I wasn't super busy because my clients had all dispersed because purse was closed. I was in a calorie deficit because I was training for my first bodybuilding show and I was exhausted and tired. And one of my clients who's a serial entrepreneur called me up and said, hey, we got to do something about this right now. I'm prepared to give you this amount of money to open a spot so we can take advantage of purse closing. And at that time, I remember, I mean, I was 24, 25, right? Someone says, hey, Glenn, here's a pile of money. You can open your own spot, right? Most people were like, oh my gosh, yes. But I said no, because it wasn't the right time. I wasn't prepared. I didn't have enough clients. I was not physically prepared because I was emotionally, I mean, not emotionally, but physically drained from training for a bodybuilding show. I was still trying to figure out what I was going to do next after Persigny's closing. And I said no. And I'm very glad that I did because I know a lot of trainers in similar scenarios who said yes and took this huge five-figure, six-figure loan and then had to really struggle their way through it. So openly, if you want to open your own spot, I think you should. What I think you should do first is make sure you're so busy. You're working 40 hours of clients a week that when you go to open your own spot, hiring someone is a logical option. It makes sense to bring somebody else on with you. You need to be busy. So here's the thing is in the Fitness Pro Mentors program, we talk a lot about key performance indicators. 
if you are busy and you've got a lot of clients and you're raising your rates and you still got a lot of clients, it's going to indicate to us that you're doing something right. You understand how to implement finding strategies, how to integrate these people into your system, how to get them to stay there, and then how to train there. The FIST formula, essentially. If you're full, the indication here is that you're doing a good job and you're doing the right things. If you are not busy and you've got no clients, it may indicate that you don't have the systems in place yet to open a facility. Do not open a facility unless you are busy and you've got everything down pat, finding strategies in place, people knocking on your door, carved out your niche, all that stuff. And then you've got these ducks in a line. Now consider start opening your own facility. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, if you have all the, if you got your fish formula lined up, so you know where people, you know, the finding strategies that you're using, you have a solid sales system that's reproducible and you can teach it to other teammates. You've got retention systems in place. You have follow-up systems and you've got a simple, you've got a training <clears throat> process that you use, whether it be RTS, MSS, MAT, Pilates, I don't care what it is, as long as you've got something and you know how you get people to their specific adaptations and you are slammed busy, that's a great time to do it. But if you don't know where your next client's coming from, if you don't know who you serve, if you don't know where the heck you want to end up, and if you don't even know what you do, right? That old Tom Purvis question, what do you do? If you don't know the answer to these questions, hold up and you should figure that out because that will be huge for you to be prepared to make it rain. But once you do know those things, it's easy because then you can hire someone and you can say, hey, Glenn, here's this Facebook group strategy that we use and here's how we do this. Hey, here's the sales process that we use. Here are nine videos that I created in a Google Drive document for you that you can watch to see how we perform sales differently than everybody else. And it's, it's great. But Glenn, I was going to say, uh, that's, a true, that's a true story. That what Brandon just said is a true story because Brandon took me on, the pandemic started, and then I went through learning these processes, right? Brandon, all that stuff is, is true to a T. And one of the reasons why it works so well is because Brandon and I work well together. Brandon and I work well together. He thinks we do. I think we do. I think, <laughs> we, I think we do. Brandon is, Brandon is actually on the down low, subtly planning my, my imminent death. It's, this, is the, this has been the long play, two months, two years, sorry. Um, no, you got to work well with others if you want to open up your own facility. And you know, my personal anecdote for this is that I worked at a couple facilities when I first started with uh, owners and managers who were very much about doing things the way they wanted to, weren't really open to other people's suggestions, and were a little bit, I, want to see the, I don't want to see the words emotionally unstable, but th they wanted to do things their way, and it was their way or the highway. And what ended up happening is their facilities ended up being a revolving door of personal trainers coming in and out. And those owners ended up doing all the work all the time because they couldn't keep anyone on board to help them with social media, to help them with marketing, to help them with finance in the back end. They, they just didn't have the manpower to do that. When you work well with others and you're amicable, you learn to delegate things. You learn to, and I love this quote, I love this quote you learn to let people take on responsibility, give them a project to do, very little oversight, and then be impressed and overwhelmed with happiness with what they create for you, right? Let them fail, let them make mistakes, and let them maybe teach you something along the way. Because if you don't work well with others, you're gonna end up being a nomad by yourself running your facility. And we talk about being nomads in the sense of that everyone's an individual, everyone's got their own values, their own characteristics, their own ideas, but you come together in your communities, whether it's the online community of fitness pro mentors or fitness pro nomads, or your gym community of strata internal performance or whatever you call your facility, whoever you are, but you come together to work towards a common good. And if you all can get on the same page and you all aren't going in the same direction, you're gonna implode. Because you have to direct your energies, all of you, towards a common goal. 
And if you don't, you're going to be wasting energy and you're going to have a revolving door of people and you're going to be pulling your hair out because you're going to be five years down the road, barely paying your bills, can't keep anyone on board, wondering why you ever got into this, perhaps even closing your facility like a lot of people have, and then wondering where it all went wrong. I'll just do it, right? The single worst words that you can say if you're a business owner. The worst words. I'll just do it. And so... When you're first starting, if you are alone and you're preparing and you're just trying to get your business as busy as you can, you do need to do it alone. And if you want to hire people to do specific services for you, that's fine. But I think at the very beginning, you should learn to do everything so that way you can figure out what you like and what you don't like. But then as you're getting ready to grow, we talk about this in the leaders programs, people evolve and grow, right? Unlike the body where the human body has finite resources, you do have some resources that are finite, like money and time, but you also have other people that you can delegate to. You can get other people involved, so that way your solar system is much larger than just one person. And that's where the more people that are on your team, the more people you can influence, and the more people you can help. And if I can get Glenn and Taylor and Chris here to work on different aspects of helping run Strata and Fitness Pro Mentors, they can do things that they're really good at. What are their superpowers? But if they do things that are their superpowers that are not my superpowers, and I can actually work on the things I'm really good at, my superpowers, like creating things grow and scale exponentially faster than when you're bogged down by doing things that you're not good at or you don't have the time to do and you just don't need to do. But you got to work well with others. You got to have an opportunity to have great conversations and have chats about things that are not going well and things that are going well so everybody can move forward together. I think we're all nomads. I think Glenn's a nomad and I think I'm a nomad in this fitness industry. Things are pretty lonely in fitness contractor land. But if we can all be, right, the whole thing that Hermie, I love this from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I'm independent. I'm independent. Perhaps we can be independent together. That's the idea. There's the Avengers. You got Iron Man, Captain America. They're all independent heroes, but independently together, there's something more powerful. And this is where you need to work well with others. Now, Brandon, the name's Greg Mack, Tom Purvis, Charlie McMillan, Peter Chason. These guys are giants. And what do we do with giants, Brandon? Stand on the shoulders of giants. Honestly, the thing that I was just listening to this like mindset podcast thing this morning. And if you're around people that have more money than you, you're around people who are smarter than you. You're around people who are more successful and they want you, they are where you want to be. What are you going to do? If you're around them a lot of time, you're going to do what you need to do to get better. You're around people with a lot more money. You're going to try and figure out how you can make more money. You're around people who are smarter and think about things differently. You're going to learn how to think about things differently. And so what you have to do is unabashedly throw yourself into situations with people that you don't know that are way better at things than you so you can grow and stand on the shoulders of giants. And Tom Purvis and Peter Chason and Mario Mavridis, if he's listening to this, and all these other people that were huge. Gordon Frew was my first job at a comic book store who made me go talk and sell to people when I was 13 years old. Like all these people, for me, influenced my life in a massive way and mentored me in some capacity that allowed me to grow and get outside of my comfort zone, which allowed me to reach a higher level of success by the 18 than many other trainers at the age of 25, which I'm eternally blessed for. But you have to be open to standing on the shoulders of giants. And nowadays, for where I'm at and where Glenn's at, we hire people. I hire mentors and I hire people to give me, in, give me direction, guidance, and go faster because I invest in two things, people and speed. And if you can find people that you can stand on the shoulders of giants, perhaps fitness pro mentors and fitness pro leaders, if you like, we can help you go faster and you do need that push. Because if you don't have someone holding you accountable, in most cases, you won't get things done. And we would love to be those people for you. So openly, if anyone's listening to this and you want to just jump on a call with me or Glenn for 20 minutes to talk about 
where you're at and see if we can show you some cool educational videos we've got in the Facebook group or anywhere else that can help you go there faster, we'd love to. But you have to stand on the shoulders of giants so you can get to where you want to get faster to hold you accountable. You've got to. And openly for me and Glenn and everyone else here at Strata, I believe that it's all these amazingly brilliant superstar successful people that we've been influenced by that has helped us get to where we want to get faster. I don't know if I really have much to add. I think Brennan really summed that up beautifully. I guess the only thing I'll echo is I really do believe in growth by osmosis. I think if you just surround yourself with the right people, you can't help but get better. It's one of those beautiful, simple, automatic things that happens in life. If you hang around successful people who embody the qualities that you want to have, you will slowly grow into being around those people who have a positive effect on you. I mean, I mean the, it's, it's very similar to dog psychology. I mean, my girlfriend and I uh, recently adopted a dog four or five months ago, and the dog has learned really, really well to play at a dog park because she has a friend, right? Luna is my dog. She has a friend named Lucy who lives across the street, and Lucy's owners, Carl and Donna, took us with them to the dog park the first few times, and because Lucy and and Luna had a relationship. Uh, Lucy taught Luna how to interact with other dogs at the dog park and kind of herded her and showed her around. And they didn't plan any of that. There was no, let's have a discussion and set out uh, an action plan or game plan. That was just Lucy being around Luna and Luna being around Lucy and Luna learning how to interact with other dogs. Just very similar to how my business has been growing, how I've been exploding because I had to hang around with Brandon and all the, all the other great people at Strata and learn from them. Watching the content that Brandon does with these other great um, uh, giants in the fitness pro world on our fitness pro mentors page. So I really love that idea of just hang around with people that are going to be great. And this other side of that is, listen, it's never, it's never easy to do, but there are people in your life who are going to be dead weight. There are going to be people who are going to be dead weight. They're going to pull you down. It's going to be a crab in the bucket situation. What do crabs do? When one crab's trying to get out of the bucket, the other ones pull them down. There are going to be those people in your life. Sometimes they do it inadvertently. Most times it's inadvertently. Sometimes it's very deliberate because people don't like seeing other people be successful if that hurts them painfully. And in order to make that pain go away, that emotional pain go away, they try to pull you back down. Sometimes you have to let people go in your life who are toxic and not serving you. So stand on the shoulders of giants, but also... You have to let go of the people who are not helping you too. Honestly, everyone, there are so many reasons why you should or should not open a personal training studio. But these are the top 10 that Glenn and I came up with. And I really believe that if you want to open a studio and you're doing these 10 things, amazing. You're going the right direction. You're doing the right things. That last point of standing on the shoulders of the giants, this is why I try to interview superstars every Friday in the Fitness Pro Mentors group is because people that don't do what I do, but do other things better than I do, there's so much that I can learn and you can learn from them. So stand on the shoulders of giants, make it rain, make it push. And hey, listen, Glenn and I and Taylor and everyone else at Fitness Pro Mentors, we are committed to helping you get there faster. Everyone in our program is growing, feeling more sturdy with their business, growing clients. We've got one client that's got 30, one of our students that has gotten 35 clients in the time of the program. Another one's getting consistently three clients a week. It's absolutely amazing and we'd love to talk to you. So if you wanna talk more about our program or just wanna see if we can help you at all for free, zero commitment or pressure for 20 minutes, Glenn and I will jump on an audit call with you and we'll help you out. But I think what's something that I need to, like get off my chest that's super important and it's kind of like an itch on the back of my hair and my neck and in the hair's up and it's just crazy glenn what's your pick of the week my pick of the week usually i do something totally obscure brandon chooses something relatively um relative to not to not to be too redundant to the podcast but this week i'm going to share something 
that I think has made a tremendous impact, at least for me. And now we're starting to see some of our clients really get the ball rolling on it, which is Facebook groups. I think there is this notion and idea, and you may have heard Brandon and I talk about it before, this idea that if you need, if you want to grow your business and you're doing it online through social media, you have to pay for ads. And I used to think that was true. I tried it a whole bunch. I think I paid three, for three, uh, three grand a couple years ago to run ads, and I got a whole bunch of leads and none of them panned out for a whole bunch of different reasons. We can talk about it maybe on another podcast. I think we should. We, I think so. Like why leads don't convert? That might be a really good one actually. Let's do it. Okay, we'll pencil it in. Um, but you don't need to have um, a paying, you don't need to pay to get great quality leads. So what we've done with our Facebook group is we've started an online community of people that are within our niche market and some aren't in our niche market and that's okay we're happy to have them along for the ride too because we want to help people but we've got a facebook group for strata and it's our online community and we invite people there we started with our friends people that already came to the gym and then those friends invited friends and then we started trying to find other finding strategies like we talk about in fitness pro mentors where we went to other facebook groups and we said hey you know we're doing this come on over if you want to join us and our group i think has gained maybe a hundred plus members in the past couple months and it's been really really great and out of this out of this um, program here that we've been running on our Facebook we have group I should say we have generated triage calls and triage calls are um, our vernacular our lexicon right if you will for calls where we speak to people on the phone and, and try to figure out what's gonna be a good fit other videos or content that we've created or perhaps coming in and seeing us for a consultation and we've generated leads from doing this now are all these people in your Facebook group going to become leads? Not right away, but a lot of them will lurk for a couple months and then they'll message you and say, hey, I've been watching your content for a while. I'd love to come in for a consult. And I actually did one last week, which was just that. Somebody had been following me for uh, a year or two on my page and finally said, hey, Glenn, I'm dealing with some stuff and I just can't see myself dealing with it like this anymore. Can I meet with you one-on-one -on -one in person? So Facebook has done a real great job in upping the way they do their uh, groups. It's no longer just a place where people post. You can create guides. You can do live videos. There's a whole bunch of different um, features that you can now leverage in order to build your online community. I think Facebook is definitely the way to go. And so my pick of the week is Facebook groups, Grandin. Grandin. Brandon. But Brandon is grand, so we'll call him Grandin. 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 Um, Glenn and Grandin. Yeah, Facebook groups is a very powerful lead generation tool, and there's a lot of great ways to build online communities. But uh, all of you who are listening, you're not invited. It's private. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, hey, but I got a pick of the week, too, and is also relevant. Um, I'm going to throw this out there that I'm really excited to discover something, and my pick of the week is your old computers. Oh, really? So... What I've done is I have this oh, sitting over there, this 2008 MacBook Pro. It's the first like good computer that I bought for myself. Uh, when I first started working, I took it all over Oklahoma. It has been everywhere. But as you know, with Apple computers and PC computers, um, they end up being obsolete. Things change and they are become paperweights. And I kept that computer for nostalgia reasons. I upgraded the hard drive. Like it's, it's the fastest I can make it. It's got a terabyte of storage in it. It was like a beast of a machine and now it is less. But one of the things I do with the mentorship and leaders program is I do PowerPoint presentations every week and I use PowerPoint and I use Ecamm live to make it interactive where I got a picture of me, picture in picture and all that stuff. But one of the challenges that pops up when I'm doing shared screen PowerPoints through the same computer is that I can't play video. I have a massive issue playing media and having it come through and getting the sound quality. One thing that's really cool is since old computers playing YouTube videos and 
using PowerPoint are very simple, low power features. What I've done that I'm really excited about to do on Wednesday, if I need, not this week, but when I need to play media, is I've taken my old computer, I've adapted it and connected it to an HDMI switcher, so it's now connected to my other computer. And what I do is when I'm using Ecamm Live, my old computer uses my software as a second screen, which allows me to actually do PowerPoint and I get two amazing features. One, the old laptop has the preview screen that's got the PowerPoint and then the backup screen so I can actually see where I'm going next better than when I'm doing share screen. Second, it allows me to share media. So if I wanna play a video on YouTube and people can actually hear it and engage with it, they can actually check that out and it doesn't take away from any of the demand of the RAM of the presenting computer. Now, it sounds all kind of crazy and ridiculous. Why do you need two computers to do a presentation? But if you're someone like me who now spends every week doing one, two, or maybe even three presentations using PowerPoint, and you really want to double down on making your presentation smooth and seamless, and you got an old computer that you're not using it, you might have to buy a couple dongles to make it connect, but... My pick of the week is your old computer, and I'm super stoked that I found a way to revive life from that 13-year-old, 13? 13-year-old computer over there uh, to make it work for my system and Fitness Pro Mentors. Really, really excited about it. You know, that really speaks to one of the other points that you made earlier, which is that creative piece, like getting creative with what you got. Because like, let's be honest here. Not everybody has tons of capital to spend on different things, all these different gadgets and doodads. Some people do, some people don't. Finding ways to repurpose old things or to optimize what you have is a creative endeavor and it's going to serve you really, really well. So I, I, you know, I appreciate that uh, pick of the week there, Brandon. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Minds on Muscle podcast. Glenn and I do this live in the Fitness Pro Mentors group at 10 o'clock to Eastern time every Tuesday, sometimes some changes. We are not planning on taking any time off, at least until Christmas, uh, just because COVID's been absolutely crazy. But thank you so much for listening to this. We are committed to helping you have the client-centric, data-driven practice that you want because we really believe that you can have the careers that you want, but you can also help people. So thanks so much for listening. Glenn, thanks so much, man. This is a great podcast. Glad to have you back, Brandon. I'm glad to be back. And by the way, baby girl, Hayden Lee Elizabeth Green, and she is doing great, knock on wood. She's sleeping, which is crazy. And I don't want to say any more than that because I'm afraid of jinxing it. Bye, everybody. Take care, everyone.